0: My name is Dan Klaus, been pastoring here in New York City as an assistant pastor for about six years. We were in Brooklyn, and then for the past uh, five, almost six years, now been here in Queens, New York City. Uh, God called us. We initially were going to come into church planting, and God changed that to church revitalization. And so always follow his leading. That's the best way to go. And we're on our second church revitalization here, pastor at the Ridgewood Baptist Church uh, in Ridgewood, started in 1855. So it's an old historic church, actually an incredible church that uh, has an incredible history, even in prayer and revival, even coming here. I believe it was the 1870s. And there was a prayer revival here in our church uh, where they set aside September 1st to pray, and uh, over 100 people got saved. I think they had about, it says in their records, uh, 76 of those were baptized, joined the church, and just an incredible uh, thing that God did here. But we're excited to see what God has been doing, growing the church. And uh, he gets all the glory for that. Uh, Rick mentioned we did just recently, I have a burden for prayer and for prayer for our city. uh, And uh, through a number of scriptures, some that we'll talk about here in just a moment. And so earlier this year, we started what's called Intercede NYC and Intercede New York City. And praying for people and kind of gathering uh, people from across the city and and praying for people in our city. Uh, Just recently, we were talking through uh, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. And often our response to the multitudes, especially here in New York City, is annoyance, disturbance, and uh, really what are we doing to stop and pray for them, to uh, stop and ask them if we can pray for them. And So uh, we're just getting it off the ground. We've been excited to, uh, to kind of get this launching here. And uh, over the past month, we've been going around just praying with people in parks, praying with people on the sidewalk, and it's just to, to hear from people. Some of them we share on the program there. And uh, some are personal, so we just keep that there. But it's been really, really encouraging to hear from people. When you ask them if we can pray with you, what is something we can pray about? And, and you get all sorts of different things. Uh, you know, last week we had, or two weeks ago, we had a lady, just demonic influence, trying to jump into our souls is what she was trying to. And uh, But it breaks your heart to see people that are just going through uh, such valleys. Uh, but praying with them and to see just so many people light up. They've never had anyone pray for them before. And to be able to offer that to them there on the street and then share the love of Christ with them has been such an encouraging thing. So if you want to check that out, you can. It's just intercede, uh, like praying, interceding on the behalf of others. NYC, you can find us on YouTube, again, getting that launching and going here. We've been doing that for a little while. So love to have you join with us and praying with us. We do a live stream every Wednesday night uh, for that. And then we also have some other things that we're rolling out all. But I think uh, Rick asked me just to share a quick devotional. So I'll jump into that, if that's all right. And uh, a verse that, uh, a couple of different verses here. Just share real quick verse I know that all of you are familiar with. James 5, verse 16, has been a burden to me. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual just man availeth much. And uh, what an encouraging verse that is, but also a challenging verse that, uh, there needs to be that confession, even with one another. Also, that intercession. There, pray one for another. Pray one for another. Uh, but really, what struck me in this verse was the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And the Holy Spirit working in my heart, saying, "All right, Daniel, what? Uh, where have you seen much availing in your prayer? In your prayer life, where has God availed much in that? And uh, and often, if we're honest." To say we don't see that as much as we should or as God would desire. And that was a verse that really jumped out to me. And uh, it led me kind of getting into a study on prayer. And it led me to one of my favorite verses in scripture, maybe a passage you're familiar with. We'll just get through this really quickly. Acts chapter 12. It's the passage there where Herod is vexing, as it says here, or persecuting the church. And I'll read the first couple of verses and then we'll focus on verse number five for just a few minutes. And now Herod, uh, about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand, vexed certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him unto four Caternians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. And, uh, man, we see that. It blows my mind when you read that, that it. Herod was persecuting the church, uh, killed James, and he saw that it pleased the people. So he said, who else can we kill in this church? And so he grabs Peter and puts Peter in prison. And verse number five is a verse that really has spoken so much recently. And I've been able to share this with a number of churches. Look at verse five, if you have it or just listen up. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. What an incredible testimony. And I've broken this down in just to a couple of different things here that we can look at. Five, six different things from this verse that we can consider. Number one, uh, we see that there was a problem. There was a problem. Uh, Herod was killing Christians. Peter was in prison. Uh, Peter was in a place that was impossibly, impossible physically for him to kill. Uh, you know, it, it, he couldn't break out. He was there kept by the soldiers, locked up in prison. And his future was sure he was going to be killed. There was a problem. And often in our lives, and we can think about this from two different ways, problems drive our prayer life, don't they? Often they do. And that could be a good thing in the sense that when we realize the possibility of the situation, we look around New York City and we minister here and we consider the impossibility physically and in our own strength to do anything. But with God, all things are possible. God has the power, as we'll see in just a moment. Uh, problems can often drive our prayer life. In fact, without problems, I think probably we wouldn't have a very strong prayer life. But the, the warning in, in that is a prayer can often be the product of our problems rather than the product of our purpose. And, and I would encourage us uh, don't just live and dwell in the prayer in the problems, but Dwell in the prayer of the purpose. God created us with a purpose to walk with him, to know him. But we see for Peter here, there was a problem. He was kept in prison. But I love what it says there. It says, Prayer was made. Uh, We'll see in just a moment that it was a church that was praying. But I love the intention of their prayer. It wasn't an accidental thing, it wasn't just a happenstance, it wasn't just a, a side thought. Prayer was made. That's why I love what you're doing here on this meeting. Prayer intentional, uh, on purpose, uh, setting si- aside time, making it intentional. Uh, often prayer in our life is a byproduct, as we said a moment ago, it's something in the background. And oh, may God help us to get to this point. Our intentional, the effectual, fervent prayer, the energetic is the word there. A prayer was made. Prayer was made. And we see their priority. Prayer was made. Without ceasing, it says, without ceasing. Uh, They had a priority in their pray, in their praying. It was not just something uh, that we're going to put over here and keep there. And, you know, just as as we often challenge our church, right? In church, don't just pray Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever you have your prayer time. It should be something that's a priority in our life. And again, it goes back to the purpose of prayer, not just being a product of our problems, but a product of our purpose in that. And we see their priority, prayer was made without ceasing. Obviously, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, and we know that verse, pray without ceasing. And then we see the people in this prayer, what does it say? Prayer was made without ceasing of the church. There's the people that are here praying, the church, believers that are gathering together. Uh, again, that's what excites me about this meeting and about other meetings, about intercede and other prayer meetings that I know of. In our city and in our nation, where the church is getting together praying, there's a unifying aspect to that. Where we're praying together of one accord, we are coming to God and we are bringing these requests to Him. And it's not, it's an encouraging thing when I know I'm not coming to God just on my own, but I got brothers and sisters that are coming with me. And we're going to go to the throne of God. We're going to intercede. I know they're interceding for me. Now I'm interceding for them. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Oh, a praying church. The power that comes from God in a praying church a and a praying body. Oh, we need, that. Uh, we need that. And then we see obviously here the power. Uh, verse number five. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. That's the problem. But prayer was made. That's the prayer without ceasing, that's the, the, the priority of it, of the church, that's the people that are praying, unto God. That's the the power. The power comes from God. Uh, it doesn't come from us working up our emotions, from us even uh, trying to do this for that. The power comes from God. I look at Peter again in this situation. He had nothing he could do. In and of himself. The church and you know, mount a little insurrection and go get them out. There were enough, they were outgunned, they were outnumbered. But they knew they could go to God. And when we pray, when we that the power comes from God, oh, when we realize that He has the authority, that He has the power, and He calls us to pray and gives us even access into that. What a humbling and encouraging thing that is. And that's in us, make us even bolder in our prayer life. And there they even had that focus in, they were praying for Peter. And lastly, what I love in this is, and for a time, we're not gonna look at all these verses, you know the story, I'm sure. And if you don't go read Acts chapter 12, an incredibly encouraging story, Is the praise. The angel comes, God sends an angel down, smacks Peter, wakes him up, gets him out, the doors open, the chains fall off. Peter walks out, he goes to the prayer meeting, and there he knocks I'm here. They say, Peter's here, remember the story? And, and oh, that's not Peter, he can't be out of jail. We were praying for him to get out of prison, and, and they, uh, uh, they struggled there with some of that. Eventually they let him in, and what does he say to them? Uh, he says, verse 17, he beckons them, he gets them to quiet down to hold their peace, and he declared unto them, the Lord brought him out. God got all the praise. God got all the praise. Uh, what an encouraging thing. When we think about the revivals here that are place in New York City, where where I live, when I think about the revival that's taken place in our church, even here in the past, and I'm saying, Lord, do it again. Oh, it's a an emphasis on praise. You get the glory. It's not something that we can do. And I tell you, it's an, a scary thing. But an encouraging thing when we live our lives in a in a place and in a way of where God's the glory, where we're living in such a way that God gets all the glory. And I would encourage us in our prayer life, let's pray in such a big way, if I could put it that way, that only God gets the glory. It's not us. It's not us. It's him. And he gets all the praise and glory for that. And so I'd encourage you, go read Acts chapter 12 today and just let God speak to you and encourage you through that. Uh, a church that prayed and God brought an incredible answer to that prayer. And that's the same God that we serve today.